Blog Talk Radio. I am Raina Starr along with my co-host Star Bustamante. The 415 is brought to you in cooperation between The Wild Hunt and Desperate House Witches. Please note this show is not for children. There may be cursing. Opinions will be presented and the opinions presented are those of myself and my co-host and not a reflection on The Wild Hunt or any of its subsidiaries. So it's been really? interesting. Bad language? There's <laughs> going to be bad language? I, I, I don't know if I can participate or not. <laughs> well, you're stuck now. You have no options. <laughs> you're, you're locked in. You are probably the only other person who has no choice but to stay. But anyway, <laughs> okay, so we're still, we're still dealing with a pandemic. Um, I want to encourage people personally to get those vaccinations happening because we can't get back to anything even resembling something that looked like normal until we're, we're, we're as vaccinated as much as possible. I, am, I, I do have to say on a local level here, I am seeing in my region of North Carolina that people are finally saying, all right, I'll get the shot, leave me alone. Um, because, um, you let know, me, let I'm me talking give about you the numbers. Let me give you the numbers oh, on okay. that. Um, as as of do. today, as of, as of noon today in uh, North Carolina, we have hit 70% of the adult population um, have been vaccinated with at least one dose and 65% of the adult population that is eligible to receive a vaccine are fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're getting there. Um, and in addition to, I want to add to what you just said, as far as in addition to getting, if, if you've not gotten vaccinated, I would strongly urge you to do so, but also get a flu shot. Um, and if you're, yeah. if you're yeah. our age, um, and you've ever been a smoker, you might want to think about getting a pneumonia vaccine. Um, I already have. Most yep. the insurance will cover 100% for your flu vaccine, yep. and I think Walgreens is even offering free shots if you if your if your uh, insurance doesn't cover it. You can you can still get uh, a shot for free. I believe that is is true. Um, and the pneumonia vaccine, most insurance will cover uh, because it's in their best interest if you stay stay, stay healthy. Um, absolutely, so, um, absolutely. Also, as a matter of COVID fact, fr- I don't think I paid for mine from CVS at all. So um, it does, absolutely, as Star says, uh, please investigate getting the flu shot as well as your COVID vaccinations and the pneumonia shot. When she says uh, our age, for those who don't know, I will be 60 in a couple of weeks. I'm older than Star. 
So we'll just put that right out there. But if you're if you're <laughs> of you know middle age or older, it's it's a good if idea. 50, if you're fifty, if you're fifty or older, you should definitely get a flu shot, and yes. you should definitely yes. think about a pneumonia vaccine because it's and some of them last as long as five years, so it's not like you have to go every year and get one. Um, one yeah. uh, one other COVID thing uh, that we should probably touch on real quick here is that uh, of the people that have already died from uh, COVID-19, which is over 700,000 at this point in the U S like almost uh, uh, one in four of those deaths left a child losing either a parent or a caregiver. So they're estimating, and this is just an estimate, it is not, um, yeah. that a, over 140,000 children lost either a parent or someone who cares uh, cares for them, um, in some cases right. leaving them orphaned. Um, and this is going to, you know, and you may be asking yourself, I don't have kids, why do I give a shit about this? Well, um, you know, uh NPR has roughly 175,000 children in the U.S. have lost one or both parents or a grandparent due to COVID-19. The implications of this on a social level are, like, huge. Um, You know, so think about, you know, even if half of those children or even just, you know, a quarter of those children are orphaned, I mean, that's a substantially large number. Um, yeah. So it's something that we should all be concerned about because someday these children are going to grow up and maybe maybe making decisions for all of the rest of us. So it's something we all should give a shit about and we should be concerned about yes. and we should be looking at you know what what the government and state governments, federal government, plan to do in order to offset that. But um, that's the biggest probably COVID news uh, as of today. That and the pill. They now have a pill to treat COVID, but you got to take it take it early on. Um, and right. it did well in trials, and they actually ended the trials early so that they can uh, seek approval, emergency approval. Um, yeah. Well, but, as long as we're on that subject, uh, let's talk about the vaccine that you and I talked about a little bit before we went on air, because apparently something that they've been working on for quite some time, they now have a vaccination for. Uh, we were talking about the malaria vaccine a little bit. Yes, but this is a, this is a really big deal. Um, the World Health Organization endorsed uh, the first ever malaria vaccine. Um, and you might wonder, why is this such a big deal? Well, for starters, mm-hmm. most vaccines uh, have been produced or developed to treat viruses or diseases. Uh, malaria is actually a parasite. So uh, I believe mm-hmm. this is the first vaccine uh, that has ever been developed to treat a parasite. Um, worldwide, there are, like, you know, close to 230 million cases of malaria a year. Now, mm-hmm. 94% of those occur uh, in African countries, 
but right. the um, the biggest impact is uh, of it is that you know only I say only um, this would have seemed like a huge number, but now it does not seem so huge. Uh, Four hundred thousand people die from malaria each year, but the big thing here once again is the children. Um, you know, yep. at least two hundred, at least two hundred and sixty thousand children died from malaria in two thousand nineteen, which is the year that we have um, data for, or that I can access. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So over over four hundred thousand people die, you know, each year from from malaria. Now, where this yeah. where this vaccine is concerned, there. I mean, first of all, there's over a hundred uh, different types of, of malaria parasites. Uh, but the one that's most mm-hmm. common and the most deadly in uh, uh, the African continent is uh, uh, Plasmodium falciparum, uh, wow. and this is the one. This is the one that that, that the vaccine targets. Um, mm-hmm. And you may think, "Oh, this is great," but um, the reality is that. Um, they think it has only about so far it is only shown to have about a 30% efficacy uh, rate, which, you know, they think, okay, well, that's not very good, but people are going to get this vaccine hopefully because I mean, having your child having a 30% better chance of not dying from, uh, from this disease is better than, than the alternative. Uh, it's kind of complicated right now. Uh, there's a lot of questions about how well this is going to work. Uh, it requires four doses to be effective, are yeah. given a month apart when uh, babies are five months, six months, and seven months, and then a final booster is given when they're about a year and a half. Um, you know, and then there's also the question of how expensive is it. Usually, the the places that most need these vaccines, just like we've seen with COVID and and other, uh, you know, life-saving technologies, is that the countries that most need them are the countries that can least afford them. Um, sure. So how, how this is going to work, uh, you know, when it comes to real-world applications, it remains to be seen. But just the fact that it exists is very exciting. And it's, you know, this is, being the first one, who knows where this will, you know, this will end up. I mean, it's certainly not going to eradicate malaria, uh, but it could right. offset the number the number of children that 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 die um, that die from it and, and yeah, reduce the know, severity of, of cases. Yeah, I mean, anything is better than what they had, which was nothing. So, you know, which which kind of begs for me the question about I wonder how many of these people are complaining that they don't know what's in the vaccine. You know what I'm saying? And how ridiculous that sounds in light yeah, of, well, no, but seriously, you have to, you, you know, you're still talking about something relatively new, even though they've been working on it for decades. Um, but the fact of the matter is there's, you know, there's an urgency that that comes with not being spoiled. I think a lot of our folks who, you know, 
have the luxury to say, well, I don't know if I want to get the vaccine. I don't know what's in it. I, I promise you, if it would save your child's life, I think you'd have fewer questions. But maybe that's just me. I'm just looking at the potential of, yes, it's new. You're going to give my child a shot at living longer. Let's do that. You know, I'm I'm sure they're not subjecting um, the experts to these these questions of well, you know, I I don't I don't think you should be taking my freedoms by telling me to get this vaccine for my child. I just don't see it happening. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But right. well, uh, and um, <laughs> one of the one of the question in the article that I read on uh, the BBC, um, a doctor. Uh, said, imagine your child could be healthy one day and full of potential, and then after after the bite of an infected mosquito while playing with fl- friends or sleeping in a bed, they could be dead in just a, a couple of weeks. So it's a really scary thing, and um, yeah. I, this vaccine will probably be um, will will be fairly well well received. But uh, sure, you know, I mean, something that's going to prevent four in ten cases is, is pretty is pretty good, and it's uh, it's been in trials like since 2015, so it's not like they're just like you know they didn't just cook this up you know on you know in some shed and say okay here here we go. <laughs> it's been in development for. I mean, they've actually they've exactly. been trying to come up with a, a malaria vaccine for. Um, for decades, I mean, this is something that that they've been been working on, so it's a it's a very good thing. Um, yeah, I oh, know it sounds not, like it has amazing yeah. potential, you know, which is right. always good when it saves lives, especially of kids. You know, yes, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm kind of partial to uh, kids having a shot in the world. Anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing, so I'm really glad about that. Um, (laughs) Before I launch into this next bit, I just want to encourage everyone to please support the Wild Hunt. They need all our support. It is the pagan paper of record. We need to take care of the Wild Hunt as it takes care of us. Um, It is the only thing of its kind that I know about, so... Please check out wildhunt.org. Become a sustaining member. It costs less than a cup of coffee, literally, per day, literally, to become a member. Do all you can for the well, Wild Hunt. Thank you. And, and it is it is free to read whether you are you are a subscriber or a not. So, and we don't true, have ads. The, the Wild Hunt does not have ads. You can read the whole True. article without having any annoying pop-ups or ads or, you know, Christians wanting to sell you Bibles. It's, uh, <laughs> but, but, if, but if you support us, then you make sure that we get to continue do, doing what we're doing, which is bringing you news uh, pretty much seven days a week. So, yep. Yay. Yep. Yay, Wild Hunt. Check out wildhunt.org. Thank you. I will be repeating this commercial before the end of the show. (laughs) Okay, next. Uh, You know, I don't even know where to go now. I am, like, so torn 
between well you know what let's 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 talk about let's talk about the water case because i think you know we're 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 only 15 min- minutes into the show we probably still have retained some of our audience <laughs> let's talk about uh the land water cases or case specifically that we were talking about before we went on the air and this was uh, a land water case between Mississippi and Tennessee, if I remember correctly. Right. So, yeah. So um, it's Mississippi versus Tennessee. And um, here it was argued uh, earlier this week. And the issues that were placed before the court was um, whether or not it would grant Mississippi leave to file an original action to seek relief from uh, Tennessee's use of a pumping pumping operation to take approximately uh, 252 billion gallons of high-quality groundwater um, and whether or not Mississippi has sole sovereign authority over um, its groundwater, which is naturally stored within its borders, um, Mm -hmm. and also whether whether or not Mississippi is entitled to damages uh, injunctive and other equitable relief from the Mississippi uh, interstate groundwater intentionally and forcibly taken by the state of Tennessee. Now, this is not the first case like this, um, and it probably won't be the last. Uh, just yesterday, the um, uh, the Wild Hunt ran uh, an article uh, and this has been in the news uh, a lot the last couple of months. Uh, mm-hmm. On the 16th of uh, August, the U.S. declared a, um, a water shortage at Lake Mead, uh, which uh, is a ma- you know it, it functions as a reservoir, and it stores water from the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been it has been in serious decline. Uh, you can you can go on to um, wildhunt.org and uh, and read the story, but there is also a, a, a graphic, a, an image that shows where the lake levels were in 2001 and where they were in 2015, and it's it's pretty it's pretty drastic. Um, but the reason both that story and this case before the court are significant and worth paying attention to because it's not these are, the case before the Supreme Court is not is not the first and it won't be the last but water is becoming right. is going to become more and more of of an issue as we see more and more shortages due to climate change and this isn't me just you know blowing smoke up your skirt this is um you know all of the uh all of the climate right. experts uh, have you know the places that don't need water, uh, like North Carolina at the moment, uh, and, and right. other parts of, parts of the southeast are right now are still under a flood watch or warning due to all the rain that we've gotten in the last few days. While out west, you know there is extreme drought. California, Arizona, um, you know mm-hmm. where the Colorado where the Colorado River and Lake Mead are concerned. I mean, like Lake Mead supplies water to Arizona, to California, uh, Nevada, and uh, water even gets sent as far as um, to Mexico. 
so this is this is like you know this is something we all need to be paying attention to, and I think we're going to see more cases about who owns the water, who has the you know yeah. who has rights to the water, um, you know right. the aquifer that that is up under the plain states, uh, which mm-hmm. incidentally is is you know was that was originally Lakota land, um, and. During the Dust Bowl, you know, that is what saved the Plains states was the ability to tap into those okay. aquifers. Uh, yeah. You know, once that water's gone, it's gone. It it would take over six, I think I read it, it would take over 6,000 years for that aquifer to um, renew itself. So, you know, certainly longer than <laughs> so, I would be around. Well, but we still care about it because we don't necessarily want the earth to go away. But when we're talking about land water, are we talking about what, you know, runoff from the sky? Are we talking about, I mean, does that include wastewater? Like, you know, we, we talk about the fact that we're not currently in a deficit here in North Carolina. We have been before, um, and just because you have flooding doesn't mean you can't go back immediately to a drought condition because in some cases there's no place for that water to go. And then you have issues with trees falling over because the ground gets so saturated, amongst other issues. Right. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about groundwater, what are we kind of talking about? What is that? I, as a non-homeowner, I've heard about you know, having to pay certain amounts for groundwater, but I don't know what that means. Right. So groundwater would encompass pretty much um, any any water um, beneath the, the the surface. So like uh, like with the aquifer in in the Plain States, right? Um, if mm-hmm. the aquifer runs under, I'm not sure, and I I will tell you, I, I do not know what. Um, the how this this works as far as but like let's say that you have three states that sit on top of an aquifer um, if one right. state can claim the whole aquifer you know and it's and it's resources mm-hmm. even though the other two states are on top of it that's a problem right because then they can say well you can't um, you can't draw water from this because we own it, even though it's under your, it's like mineral rights, right? Um, so groundwater oh my gosh. Is, any, is, is any water um, that is natural, exists naturally, whether we're talking about wells yeah. or an aquifer, um, lakes, springs. So yeah. um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this case with um, uh, Tennessee versus uh, Mississippi, uh, exactly yeah. what the particulars are, but it, it caught it caught my my attention um, on uh, just the fact that that it's a water issue, and there've been a number of sure. these. I think that that we're going to see um, we're going to see more of these as water becomes uh, more scarce, clean water, um, you know, right. and and you have to you have to think about too the the um, you know, when you're talking about uh, desalinating water, right, removing the salt from water, like in order to use ocean water, 
Um, yep. uses a tremendous amount of electricity to do that. Um, there yep. are systems that have been developed that use solar power, but I mean, I think all of the things are things that we need to be paying attention to because they're going to be, uh, become more and more prevalent and they're going to be more, uh, fights over water because the two things that so you absolutely cannot do without is, yeah. you know, clean air and clean water. Clean water. So it sounds like, and tell me if I'm being hyperbolic because I don't know enough about it, but it sounds like there could be potentially states who have to pay some kind of crazy amount to purchase water from perhaps a neighboring state if somebody awards. Right. Well, that's already the case. I mean, out west, um, you know, how water is what usage is allowed, um, you know, like in the case of the, the Colorado River, um, uh-huh. you know, one of, the, one of the things as a result of this announcement was that, like, Arizona was going to have to limit um, how much water it could, it could have. Um, so if they, wow. you know, that means, <clears throat> well, I mean, and that's not, but that's, you know, anybody who was in California will tell you that, you know, because they've been under drought conditions for, you know, two decades at least. Uh, you know, yeah. when you go to California and you stay in a hotel, you pay an extra, you know, two, three, five, six, seven, whatever percent extra on your bill yeah. for water usage. Um Wow. And that's because they're they're getting water from you know from other states and they and you know and it, it doesn't come come freely, so um, you know all of this Jeez. is going to is is going to continue to be um, to be an issue and m- moving forward, um, you know what we do about it I don't know, but I mean just consider this that the Colorado River itself supplies water to 40 million people in seven separate states as as well as uh nor you know northern parts of mexico and 29 indigenous tribes you know which are their own sovereign nations so um it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal um you know, and a lot of this has to do with you know how we've used dams and changed the flows of the rivers and 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 all of yeah. that. Um, wow. But you know, my point more than anything today is in, in even us discussing it is that we just need to be aware of this because water is is going to continue to be an issue. Um, especially in places where the climate continues to become hotter and drier um, in places like, you know, in parts of California, like even, well, this doesn't, it rarely rains in Los, in places like Los Angeles to begin with. And a lot of times, even if it yeah. does rain, <laughs> if it's hot enough and dry enough, it never even hits the ground, right? It evaporates before yeah. it hits the ground. Um, sure. Which is why people freak out when it rains because they, they really don't know what to do. Um, but it is a uh, rare yeah. thing. So yeah. This is just gonna. This is just gonna be a, a continuing. Um, this is gonna be an ongoing issue. So it's something That's that everybody needs to be aware of. 
Yeah. I mean, you don't – listen, in my day-to-day life, I don't think about where water comes from because I'm very spoiled and don't remember ever having an issue with it um, in a real sense. I mean, you know, on the infrequent times that they work on the pipes, they turn it off for a couple of hours. You're talking about a situation where – there could be real wars over water at some point down the road if things continue on the way. That's entirely, um, you know, not only possible but probable um, because you can, you can do without a lot of things, but you cannot do without, without water. Um, But there, there are also some innovative programs that are, that have been developed over the years um, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's using uh, solar power to desalinate water or um, mm-hmm. ways to, to garden and, and all of that that require, you know, developing hybrids that are, um, you know, hardy, can take hotter temperatures, can use less water. Sure. I mean, all, all of that. Yeah. Um, but but it, is, it is an issue that we all need to be aware of and we should be paying attention to what's, what's happening. Absolutely, especially with, you know, I mean, I remember a time, because I'm old enough, that wildfires were somewhat infrequent, and now it's like, it's just a season. It's just months and months and months of wildfires, and it's frightening. You know, the, the drier everything becomes, which is a continuous thing, it's all related, folks. That's what I'm telling you. It's all related. The the climate change and the drier and hotter temperatures and the lack of moisture and how things just turn into kindling. I'm telling you, it's going to spread beyond where it is now because it continues to spread. Um, you know, the locations of wildfires is, a, is an ever-growing thing. It's not getting smaller. And again, when you have a situation where water is hard to come by, I mean, scorched earth is literal. You know, it's a it it, it becomes a literal term um, for a reason. So anyway, you keep an eye on the water. Know where your water comes from. That might be a good place to start. Know how your your state and your county acquire the water that is supplied to you. Wow, scary. That's that's nerve wracking. Okay. Um, <laughs> Speaking of things that are scary, and I really hate giving this guy any air at all, but I guess we better talk about Madison Cawthorn because uh, there's no way around it. This guy is freaking me out, and he's he's a representative here in North Carolina, and I'm kind of scared of him. Um, not really. But he's he's called for like some kind of a holy war. This guy is one of these evangelical, but not really. If you look but at his not. life, not job. No. Yeah, I know. Okay, so I know. so here's 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 the thing. I mean, he is absolutely just a reprehensible human being. Yeah. Okay. For for starters. Yeah. Um. So he delivered a speech at the North Carolina Faith and Freedom uh, Coalition conference called Salt and Light. And I'm just going to read to you um, 
please. Yes. What one of the things that he said during that speech, um, and I mean, like Twitter was lit up uh, after he 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 tweeted a um, we you know a week later he he tweeted a a speech the clip of his speech which had like I mean. It's so hard to even describe it because, I mean, it's like just design, you know, like all of the standard GOP kind of, you know, chest beating, uh, patriotism, you know, uh, there's a guy praying in silhouette with this, you know, at a sunset. I mean, just absolutely just, but this is one of the things that he said during that quote. Now is the time for our pastors and our congregations like this one here, like many that you represent. It's time for us to stand up and declare boldly that as men and women of faith, we have a duty to stand against tyranny. We have a duty to be civically involved. We have a duty to save this country for the next generation. Um, Uh Basically, um, you know, and, and just to be clear, the uh, Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference is made up of pastors, uh, Christians. Uh, and then he goes on to say, um, and does a, I mean, he's basically calling for a holy war here. Uh, quote, look at the Old Testament. Look at David, look at Daniel, look at Esther, look at all these people who influenced the government of their day to uphold Christian principles. It is time for the American Christian church to come out of the shadows, really, um, to say no longer, no longer are we going to allow our culture to be determined by people who hate the things we believe in. We are going to stand valiantly for God's incredible, inerrant truths that predate any version of government because my friends if we lose this country today if we bend the knee to the democrats today our country will be lost forever our children will never know what freedom is end quote um although he and then he went on to say it's our duty to stand up let us stand united as men and women of faith to fight for our country um so there's just a couple of problems with with that whole statement. First of all, he cites yeah. David. Um, uh-huh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, pretty much David was a king. Yes, he was. Um, so, so David, David kind of was um, the the government. Um, to imply that, like, Christians are somehow in the shadow when they are the predominant um, religion, you know, they make a, you know, granted, Christianity as as a whole is broad and encompasses a variety of of different forms, but it is is the largest religion in the U.S. Um, So... um, you know, wow. that that's just like, so not only does he not know his Bible verses or his history, as we've seen demonstrated before, uh-huh. um, but he also doesn't seem to understand 
Um, the, you know, I mean, I, I don't know any Christians who are hiding in the shadows, um, Nazis perhaps, but but not but not Christians. Um, Correct. You know, and and let's not forget how he's interjected himself into a number of school board meetings and uh, county commissioner meetings. Uh, you know, I mean, he's supposed to be representing us in Congress. Um, I'm not sure what his role is in um, speaking out in communities, you know, at school board meetings, especially when it, he, this is a man who has no children. Um, right. And who who does not reside in the, you know, cities or counties of these school board meetings, um, more just as incitement. Um and the Daily Cause asks the question of, um, you know, why he's even posing as as some type of religious authority. Um, right. And so, I, hate, I hate to say it because, but here's here's what I think is the authority he thinks he has. He has a penis. <laughs> Al. Which seems to be, well, I mean, honestly, that's that seems to be uh, the one factor that a lot of these folks have in common. Um, you know, as long as it's a male, as long as there's enough chest beating and claiming the name Jesus, uh, it seems that that is the only license necessary for some of these fundies. And here's the problem with him. He's not even really a fundamentalist. He doesn't live his life in such a way, from what I've heard, uh, that would lead anyone to look at him as this upstanding pillar of the church. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Right. I'll well, wait. and, you know, and then there's, the, there's his whole, I mean, he, all of the people that he cites, in his little, you know, speech there, Diatribe. were Jewish. Yeah. yeah. They were Jewish. Well, that, that um, doesn't matter. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, there's a certain hilarity, uh, you know, as always, um, you know, he has little or no understanding of, you know, I mean, he certainly doesn't understand how, our government works, and now here he's demonstrating that he has he has absolutely no idea how um, Christianity works or what the Bible refers to. I mean, it's just um, um, and Hilarious. I mean, tw- Twitter had a great time uh, mocking him after he posted that too, which uh, for anyone who is not on Twitter and does not know how Twitter works, it is, it is the best place in the universe to, to mock um, because that is one of the things that Twitter does best is that if um, it's like if, if Mike yeah. Morico, uh was a, a social media platform um, and that was definitely, there are only some people who will get that joke. Um, Mike Orico was a, uh, a columnist for uh, 
both the Chicago Trib and the Sun-Times carried his syndicated column, and he pretty much made fun of anybody who deserved it. And it didn't matter how famous you were, how rich you were, how powerful uh-huh. you were. or But if you did something stupid, he was going to probably uh, write about it and call you out on your ignorance. Uh, needless to say, he would have a field day with a, with a Madison, Madison Cawthorn. But, yeah, so, yeah. It, 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 I see that, and that could be what happened. Mike Royko died, and then, you know, and then Twitter came into existence. Um, you know, so maybe he just transcended to become a social media platform of mocking. I, I, I like that. I, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> go with that. We're going with that. Um, but, yeah, it's it, he's kind of a, a, a figure to be mocked and ridiculed. He is uh, he's really insane. The problem is, is that this guy got elected. And the fact that he got elected is frightening to me. Um, and, uh, again, reported today was yet another story about how Trump – uh, tried to steal the last election. Working <laughs> yeah. with the Department of Yeah, working with the Department of Justice. He had a man on the inside. Um I just I Clark. can't even understand. Yeah, I, I, I but I can't understand wh- how you can still be a pro Trump person. I don't get it. I don't get it. Because unless you are really filled with that kind of bile um, and that kind of just innate hatred um, and, and prejudicial attitude, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for decent people to want anything to do with the Trump presidency ever again. Am I missing something? But as far as I can remember, he tapped into the absolute worst aspects of humanity, or the lack thereof. And I never want to have to visit that terrain again as long as I live. Now, granted, as long as I live is a hell of a lot shorter than it used to be. But I will say this. If I find any of you fuckers supporting him, <laughs> not kidding. But seriously, it's a problem. It is a problem to support somebody wow. who obviously knew they could not win and was willing to do whatever it took, win, lose, or draw, to steal it from the American people. I'm sorry. If that is not, in my and in my opinion, that is a case for treason. Yeah. Period. I don't disagree. Well, and I think, okay, so one of the things um, for our listeners who may not know, um, somebody really interesting to follow is uh, Terry Canefield. She is an excellent uh, legal scholar, and um, I always feel so much better when I read her um, her blog posts or watch her videos because She's like, you know, this is not going to happen quickly. <laughs> you can sit here and say, you can comment from your armchair about how there, there seem to be no consequences, but, um, you know, we're steering a gigantic ship here, and it, just, it, cannot, it cannot do a 180 or respond quickly. It takes a long time. Um, under yeah. that heading, um, in addition to the, to the Senate report, uh, committee committee report that was released uh, today, or was it mm-hmm. yesterday, on uh, on just all of the fuckery. 
with um, the DOJ and Trump threatening to remove Rosen and replace him with Jeffrey Clark so that he could, um, so that they could continue to, you know, um, deny uh, the results of the election. Also, just this morning, uh, well, first of all, nobody's been able to locate uh, uh, Daniel Scavino, who is one of um, uh, Trump's uh, chief advisors, uh, because they've been trying to locate him to serve the subpoenas. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's a story. There was a story this morning that uh, Mark Meadows, who was his chief of staff, Daniel Scavino, uh, Steve Bannon, and former Pentagon chief of staff uh, Kosh Patel have all. Um, they all intend to dev- uh, to defy the uh, subpoena orders from the select committee. Mm-hmm. So. Um, of course, they haven't been able to find Scavino to serve him. So it remains to be seen what, what is going to come out of that. Um, it's pretty yeah. unusual for um, the government to take action, like with the select committee. It's pretty uh, yep. unusual for them to force people to appear. But I think that we are liable to see something happen in, in uh, this case. Um, I mean, they they can, they can, I mean, it could, it could result in uh, criminal prosecution. Um, You know, when the, when Congress issues a subpoena. Yeah. And you, you choose to not honor it, then uh, they can file criminal charges against you. Now, they, historically, they have rarely have they ever exercised that power, but I think it's right. uh, it's possible, especially as more and more comes out. Um, for those of you playing at home, um, right? You know, if, if <laughs> the home game. anybody who's anybody who's been watching the cases that have already uh, of uh, involved people who were involved with the January sixth insurrection that violated the Capitol grounds and and chambers. Um, the least of those are getting, you know, I mean, there have been some that have just been kind of slaps on the wrist and, and they've been given probation, but, um, the two of the most recent, you know, they got 45 days apiece and they, you know, really compared to some of the things that were done, they really did not, um, you know, other than violating the Capitol grounds and, and being obnoxious assholes, um, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't assault a police officer or anything like that. So, uh, yeah. if, if I, if I was somebody who was involved or, and especially if I was somebody who'd been charged, I'd be very nervous about what that's liable to, to look like when it comes to prosecution and sentencing. Just saying. And while I have a minute, because I promised I would do this commercial, please check out wildhunt.org. Give it all your support. It is the pagan paper of record. And while you can read the Wild Hunt every day for free, if you support the Wild Hunt, it means they can continue bringing us real journalism from the field. There are reporters that actually go 
and do investigative journalism. Remember that? That used to happen everywhere. Not anymore. So please support wildhunt.org. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Man. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is what is coming up for the Supreme Court because it's full. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. So the, the private, there's a the lot. Biggest case, the biggest case that most people are going to be familiar with is um, is Dobbs versus uh, Jackson Women's Health, um, and this is a really pivotal case because it could definitely have a, an impact on whether or not how abortion is is done and whether it's you know i mean it could potentially i don't think it will overturn roe v wade um but it would under roe v wade election uh abortions are legal if they are pre-viability so what that means mm-hmm. is that um if you're pregnant and you want to terminate your pregnancy you can legally do so if it's less than 24 weeks um, because at 24 weeks uh, a uh, fetus is viable side of the womb. Well, so, correct. Correct. Um, what Mississippi has done is they passed a law that prohibited a state law that prohibited abortions um over 15 weeks, which mm-hmm. is basically them asking uh, asking the the court to to undermine or completely do away with Roe v. Wade. Um, right. The, the issue, as it, as it's presented in in the case, is that um, whether all pre-viability prohibitions on elective abortions are unconstitutional. Um, So, you know, and this plays into, um, you know, this will definitely, how they rule on this will affect the law that that Texas passed. Um, I'm sure we all remember that. Um, Basically, uh, you know, they they changed the... um, uh, the Texas law basically makes it a, a, illegal to get an abortion after what six weeks? Six weeks. Um, which which most women would not even know that they were were pregnant. Um, just yesterday, um, mm-hmm. a federal uh, federal uh, U.S. district judge. Robert Pittman mm-hmm. basically said that the law can't go, you know, cannot go into into effect. Correct. So, so there this is, is a, this there is, is a stay on it right now, um, but of course that will be subject to review and further discussion. But at the moment, well, uh, the federal judge. It has said that it is he has stopped the enforcement of the of the 
prosecution right. as well. Well, or, I mean, uh, the, the problem, I, I mean, I think like we've talked about before, the way the law is written is, yeah. is, um, is really problematic because other people that don't have any connection to what's happening can um, basically yeah. sue anyone uh, connected with it. So, I mean, I think that yeah. that will that will that will likely be the undoing of that. But you can bet that Texas will appeal this. So, sure. so for right now, yeah, they can't enforce they can't enforce SB eight. Um, right. But they can, um, you know, they're going to appeal it. Because their goal will be to get this before the Supreme Court. Now, what happens in uh, in Mississippi could would would definitely have a bearing on the the Texas law. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, and and two, I mean. I, I wonder, you know, what um, Pittman, Judge Pittman said, uh, you know, was that women had been off, unlawfully prevented from exercising control over their lives in ways that are protected by uh, the Constitution and that other courts may find a way to avoid this conclusion um, you know, was theirs to decide that this that this court will not sanction one more day of this offensive deprivation of such an important right. So, right. Um, so that's that's pretty strong language. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Oh wow. Well, all right. On that note, um, we we are pretty much running out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we uh... before we wind up? Before we wind up. Well, I think that that everyone should just pay more attention to what is happening. I think everyone should, if you're not vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. If you have family members that are um, that are not vaccinated, if you can um, find a way to listen to them and maybe convince them to get uh, to get to get vaccinated, yeah, um, that um, that we should uh, that you should definitely definitely do that. Um, yeah. You know, and be nice to each other because you know what? People are shitheads. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we should try to be a little bit kinder to ourselves and to each other. Um, and to the wild. I work in retail. I work in retail. I work in retail. I see people. I and I I work in a se- segment of retail that is probably some of the best. Um, yeah. So I can't imagine what the poor people that work in grocery stores and other traditional retail have to put up with. So when you go to the grocery store, be nice to people. 
they have to work and put yeah. up with idiots who are often horrible and a little bit of kindness goes goes a long way. And also, I think just when people see other people be nice, then it, it often inspires them to be nice. So it kind that of... That is actually uh, very so, true. I agree with that. It does inspire other people to be nice. So as Star said, be nice. <laughs> so... Exactly. With that... We are going to go ahead and say goodbye for today, and we will see you back next month. Have a wonderful Samhain to those who celebrate, and we will see you in November. Ciao. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.